You're listening to Women Making Waves. Just after Kath Austin had a child, she became troubled about using throwaway plastic. She wondered how people had stored food in the past and found that soaking cloth in beeswax had been popular. After much experimentation, she devised her own method of making wraps and now runs the very successful BB Wraps. Kath tells Linda Ness her story. great idea is a great idea and it will always be a great idea unless it becomes a great action so don't just have a great idea and then say oh yeah I wish I'd done that. Kath Austin was shocked by the amount of single-use plastic her family were going through and set out to change things. It took 18 months but resulted in the development of a reusable beeswax food wrapping. Three years later BB Wraps is a successful business with the product being sold across the UK. Thank you very much for joining us today on Women Making Waves, Kath. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Now, when you left the school, did you imagine that you'd be in the position you're in today with a business like this? When I left school? Oh, gosh, no. It was a while ago. <laughs> in fact, when I left school, I had no real idea of, of what I wanted life to be like for me. I don't think anyone could ever expect a 16-year-old to know that when they leave school, you know, even knowing where you want to go to college or, or if at all. So no, no idea. So what did you do for a living before you started BB Raps? Um, well, I did a number of different jobs before I fell into what became my career. Um, so, you know, when I say a number of different jobs, anything from insurance clerk to pharmacy assistant to cattery hand, school photographer, pretty much did a, a massive range of things and then I'd started working in events and, and putting on events community events realized that the fundraising sector did this a lot and then went after a job in fundraising and stayed there for 15 years and really really loved it. How did you come up with the idea of reusable wraps what made you do that? Okay so it was it was quite a lot of kind of things coming together as often is the case you find that there's kind of this synchronicity in life isn't there so I was working for a hospice called Arthur Rank in Cambridge as a fundraiser I'd had my first daughter I was on maternity leave with my second there's just so much more stuff isn't there as soon as you have another human there's just more stuff there's more clothing there's more gifts there's more everything I couldn't believe how much plastic came with that stuff weirdly at the same time I'd started baking sourdough bread because I think I was just you don't do that when you have a newborn baby but I think I was just a bit I needed something for myself so started baking this bread realized very quickly if you don't buy bread it comes with no packaging so how do you keep it fresh um I started conversations with other people someone suggested that well plastic's only 100 years old so what did we do before that and then I realized that we must have done something I did a bit of research on google I found this artisanal community, global community of people making waxed fabric in their homes for food preservation. So I started doing that. I ripped up some bed sheets. I bought some beeswax from a local beekeeper and I started trying to make my own. Realised very quickly that just using beeswax isn't always enough for a good, well, a good enough product because it can crack. And I started experimenting with other ingredients. Um, we've settled on... Um, rosin and jojoba oil that we add into the mix that's the 18 months of kind of research and and then it just kind of was born and at what point did you think okay I've got this product 
I want actually to put it into production and start selling it. Or was it just that there was lots of interest from your friends? Yeah, there was there was definitely lots of interest from my friends. They all thought it was another one of Kath's crazy plans. Because um, I've always got a project going on, like the sourdough or you know various other things, especially kitchen-based stuff. They loved it. They said, oh, you should sell this because it's so easy to say that, isn't it, to someone else? And I thought, well, maybe I'll give it a try. Maybe I'll just sell it at a market and see how it does. We almost sold out that day. So we, I brought home £800 that I didn't start with and thought, wow, that's amazing. I also decided to open an Etsy shop. I don't know if you've heard of Etsy. They like global community of crafters. And I had two orders in 24 hours that weren't from my mom. <laughs> so clearly there were people looking for this product, but not finding it, especially in the UK. And so I started receiving orders for them. So I was having to make them on demand. Pretty much every evening of my life for that first year was spent in my kitchen making BB wraps for these orders. So yeah, that was the April 2017. And then things really started to take off after Christmas. And was it scary giving up the day job? Yeah, that that was one of the hardest decisions I had to make because I'd I'd fallen into this world of fundraising. It matched all of my skills. I've got really good people skills. I'm terrible at anything analytic, but great with people. And I found it very hard to walk away from a job that I loved. How many people do you meet who really love their job? But I, I remember coming home from our holiday and David saying to me, you have to do it. It's a no-brainer. He says, you don't even earn that much anyway. Just do it. <laughs> Which is so, it's funny looking back now. But, but he said, yeah, just do it. I had his full support. I gave in my notice. It was really sad. But I think, you know, life's never static, is it? You have to move on. And this fell in my lap. And I thought I have to do something with it. Do you think that your previous experience gave you the edge from starting up your business, the experience that you'd had with people, you know, you see a people person and fundraising as well, presumably? Yes, definitely. I think understanding people and I always say that I'm, I'm lucky that I am my own audience. I think a lot of the people who buy from us have a very similar kind of profile, if you like, as me. And so I, I understand who we're selling to, I think, um, I hope. <laughs> and one of the things that I realized very early on is that the people that I was selling to perhaps aren't ardent eco-warriors. They want to do better, but they also don't want to buy something that's a bit boring. So right from the early stages, I knew that we wanted to do something that was beautiful and exciting at the same time. So perhaps, yes, understanding how to market and how to sell things, because essentially fundraising is just selling with an altruistic edge to it. And how did you go about getting the uh, product into the shops? Absolute belligerence. <laughs> um, I just, the first person I asked if they would stop it said no, which is it's good to get an early no. And then I simply asked and asked and asked. And actually one of the first people to stock our wraps was Jackie Sutton Adam, who owns the Cambridge Cheese Company. And she is a, a member of Transition Cambridge, we're a transition town. And she's really on board with the idea of using something other than single use plastic. So I had her buy-in from kind of the eco level, but also on top of that, she understood that they would be an amazing accessory for people to use at home. They'd save on food waste, they'd preserve this amazing cheese much better. So it's great when you get someone who really believes in it and has a bit of a reputation behind them that you could kind of springboard onto the next person. And I guess that's how it happens. And over three years, we finally got to the kind of, you know, almost the pinnacle of my aspirations 
and that was we've we've just launched a range with Lakeland, which was awesome. I've often wondered about the process of growing a business. It's quite interesting to, to understand it because suddenly you need to employ help because you know it's getting too much for you, and then you need more help, and then you mm. decide you need premises as well. Was was yeah. that an organic thing, or did you have a carefully laid out plan? Never a carefully laid out plan ever. In fact, one of the criticisms that most people have of me is that I tend to jump in with both feet and not really understand what's what the plan is, which is good because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that attitude of jumping in. But now I realise that having a plan is probably a good idea. So we didn't have the big plan. We didn't have a, a business plan or a strategy in the beginning. But it was very clear that things were getting out of hand and I needed some help. And taking on an employee was just a massive step for me because not only did I have some help and that's great and I could delegate, I suddenly became responsible for someone. And that is something that I did not fully understand the gravity of. So managing people is, you know, I've only done it a little before. And yeah, it's, it's one of the hardest aspects of the job, just juggling all these other people as well as your own workload. But with that comes this amazing leverage and being able to see them run with something that you would have struggled with. So yes, BB was my first employee. So BB worked for BB in the first year. Yeah, so now we have about 16 or 17 people working for us at the moment on and off. And um, at the moment they're furloughed, but they will very soon come back, I hope. <laughs> And you were on Dragon's Den. What was that like? Um, yeah, scary, scary, scary. They don't pull their punches at all. In fact, the behind the scenes isn't at all relaxed or, you know, people aren't kind of like, oh, don't worry, it's only a show. No, it's extremely serious when you're there, which I didn't fully anticipate. And it's a very long day as well. So I was in the green room for 11 hours beforehand. Oh, sorry, there's some kids just screaming out. <laughs> um, so yeah, 11 hours in the green room, an hour and a half in the den being grilled. It was, it was really intense, but I think what it gave me was the ability to understand that I can go into any situation like that and know I'll be okay. So yeah, it was a really good experience, although it was quite testing. And, and Peter yeah. Jones uses the wraps, I believe. Yes, that, that was a brilliant way to open. Literally, the first thing he said to me was, Kath, hi, I'm Peter. I know. <laughs> and um, he said, I'm going to shock everyone now. I've got that wrap in my kitchen. So that was such a, a confidence boost for me to know that he was using them at home. And he said he, he loves them. They're an amazing product and well done. Ultimately, I don't think he really saw an investment opportunity, which I can understand. But he, I, his vouch for our product was just... Yeah, it's yeah. a great way to start. During this process, this is a very negative question, so I'm just warning you, have you ever felt like giving up? Have you ever felt like just going, I've had enough of this? Yeah, like five times a day. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly can't stress this point enough. Um, it's not a negative question at all. I think it's really positive to ask those questions because this Instagram face that everybody has, people need to see through it. In the first year, I was still getting up in the middle of the night and feeding my daughter. And I remember I'd go to sleep and I just managed to get to sleep and then wake up. And as soon as I woke up, my head would start wearing. In fact, saying it now, I can still feel all the stress emotions. My head would start wearing, I'd start panicking. And you're at your most vulnerable there, aren't you? You're it's the middle of the night and you're tired. 
why am I doing this? It's so silly. And there have been times along the way, lots of times where I've thought this sacrifice, the, the hard work, the worry, the, the uncertainty of it all, is it really worth it? But I, I've seen so many things on the kind of life cycle of an entrepreneur and it's like this. It's just up and down, roller coastering the whole time. And that can be all in one day. And it's absolutely like that. I guess if you're not used to uncertainty and you're not capable of coping with complete roller coaster of emotions, it perhaps isn't a good idea to try it. But there'll, there'll always be an up to the down. And that's the only thing I've learned. It's just to hold on and it will pass. And I see from your website, which I really like, by the way, I think it's a fun, lovely website. Thank um, you. Yeah, we're big on colour, aren't we? <laughs> it's lovely. I see that you're really supportive of women in business. Do you think it's more difficult for women or do you think it, they bring their own ideas and difference to the party and, and, and they make good entrepreneurs? Well, of course, women make excellent entrepreneurs just as much as men do. There's, I don't think that you can ever compare men with women and get a kind of like-for-like comparison. We've got completely different, all of us as individuals, completely different skill sets. So in that sense, there's, there's no real competition. But I guess the barriers come from that, um, you know, just sexism in the workplace, that people's expectations of women, especially women who've gone away and had babies and come back, there's the, like an old school hangover that you, you're not perhaps up to scratch or I don't know. The only thing that I've ever found as a woman, and especially a short one at five foot two, is that people expect less. But I'm so up for that challenge because I think if people expect less and then you dazzle them with semi-average you can only win I, I really love the, the moment where you just kind of turn the tables and go actually I can do this and they're they're pretty surprised and what advice would you have for anyone who's got a great idea and they want to start their own business or they're thinking about it based on what you went through have you any great advice for them yes some good advice yes a great idea is a great idea and it will always be a great idea unless it becomes a great action so don't just have a great idea and then say oh yeah I wish I'd done that why don't you just test it out and there's a there's a book called the lean startup I can't remember who wrote it that's terrible but I think starting something cheaply and failing really fast is very good advice from uh, that writer so test it out really quickly if it fails move on and if it gets some traction and one of those lovely business phrases keep going and the other advice is to surround yourself with people who tell you the truth and who are helpful and honest and support you because one of the greatest things I did <clears throat> which was kind of an accident was I joined an incubator program in the first year for social ventures and they literally held my hand and gave me a one-on-one on how to run a business which was a very good grounding lesson and one of the mentors is still one of my non-exec directors who helps me quite a lot so it's good to have people around you who just who just know that is good advice and especially do not remortgage the house based on no. your idea <laughs> No, do not do that. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Jack and Stan, you see people go on there and they say, yes, I've invested £100,000 of my own money in this business. And you think, why would you do that if it's not making any money? You, One of the best things like that BB Raps ever did was it gave us, we, you know, we've got, we've put money into it, but not a lot. We've, 
we've had to put some in um, just over the years, but knowing that we couldn't put money in and we had to earn the money first to spend the money was really, really good. I'm so glad that we didn't have to put in money to you know, potentially lose it. How do you fit in running the business and your family life? Oh, it's every time someone asks me this question, I get emotional. <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, so um, I'm always torn between my kids and my partner, although David works for BB Rap, so I'm always with him. But I'm always torn between the kids and the business. Like, there is no way to balance it. There's absolutely no way to do it. And I've heard women say, oh, you can have it all. You just can't. Not, you just can't. I, I think there are times when the kids win out and I will ditch BB wraps and say, no, you come first. That's fine. I will not go to that event because it's some assembly or something. But there are a lot of times when, you know, I don't go to the school pickup um, when, it's, when it's school. <laughs> Um, and, and get the kids so there is no way to balance it adequately and coming to terms that is hard and that's Kath Austin talking to Linda so Linda I found that interview with Kath Austin absolutely incredible what really stuck out for me is that she went from making sourdough to beeswax wraps. I thought that was incredible how you can, <laughs> true. How you can trend in from that. And um, um, that not a lot of people would think about doing that, but she's quite she's quite a savvy lady, isn't she? It's often the way though, isn't it? Because you start off doing one thing and that triggers another. So yeah, it's just one of these things, but kind of not surprising in a way. But what a great idea. Yeah, it was a great idea. So what I also found really fantastic, it was a great line in what Kath said, that behind every great idea, you need then a great action in any startup, don't you? It's so true, isn't it? I took that as well um, from what she said. I thought another thing that she said that was really interesting was that if you do decide to go into business, don't, you know, don't remortgage the house. Well, it was me that said that, but don't don't chuck everything at it. Take it slow and steady and see how it goes. And I think that's a really good lesson because I think a lot of people just get a bit overexcited sometimes when they're starting a business. I know. It's it's, it's a big step to do that. You're absolutely right. I, I never quite understood that. And the idea of being on a Dragon's Den as well and seeing that one of the judges has said to her that I actually use the beeswax at yes. wraps at home. I thought that was that yes. was quite extraordinary because you, you don't really hear that on Dragon's Den. You just hear the, the new product. But she came mm-hmm. away from that really quite uplifted, didn't she? Yes. But I think she was also a bit surprised about how serious the whole thing was taken. <laughs> but then I suppose it would be there's a lot of money at stake for the people that, that are successful in dragon's den yeah but i think just going on there publicizes your product and does the job it's meant to do to be quite honest yeah and I, you're absolutely right i think that's true and she she sounds like she works very very hard even when her oldest was growing up and she was feeding in the middle of the night and she was worrying about her new business it takes a lot of guts and I suppose insight really to, to go for that. And I love the way she feels that one of the most important things is to always surround yourself with people that are going to be honest to you. Yes, yes. No, I thought she was great. I thought she was really down to earth, really lovely. I really enjoyed chatting to her. You're listening to Women Making Waves. 